15 musicians from leading us in the worship. Um, if you're not grateful, you ought to be grateful. We're going to talk a little bit about that this morning as we look at uh, still becoming what God has called us to be. And if we are becoming, we are moving from one level of glory to another of glory by faith. Say that with me, by faith. It's all about faith, amen? As we look at a new text this morning, as we try to wrap this up and make it clear, uh, give me the freedom just to free flow as I try to define and make clear this series, amen? We are looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning at verse 14, and we are reading out of the Amplified Classic, which reads as such. In fact, their minds had grown hard and callous. They had become dull and had lost the power of understanding. Let me explain as I go through. He is talking about the Israelites that was delivered out of Egypt by the power of God. And, and what he's saying is, is, that, is that, that in translation of seeing the power of God, they did not receive it. They didn't take it in. Yes, sir. Listen, you don't stand still. We are either moving forward to the next glory or we are becoming hard and callous, dull, and watch this, and you lose the power of understanding spiritual things. Let's read on. For until this present time, talking about the Jewish people, when the Old Testament the old covenant is being read. He's talking about the Jews and even, even other people. It says the same veil still lies on their hearts, not being lifted to reveal that in Christ it is made void and done away. He said people were still depending on the Old Testament to save them and they don't see Christ, it's because they're blinded by the devil. Yes, Second sir. Corinthians chapter 4 says, he says, he says that, that the reason why they don't see the light of Christ because the God, small g, meaning the devil has set him up as self as God. He has blinded their eyes, blinded their heart. That there's an invisible spiritual veil that they can't see. Yes, sir. It's not that God haven't shown evidence. It's not that God is not trying to get to them. It's that, that they refuse to acknowledge God is God. Yeah. Their lies upon their minds and their hearts. So it's a mind thing and it's a heart thing. Next verse. But whenever a person turns and repents, repent me, you acknowledge you have sinned. You acknowledge that the way you used to live is, is wrong. 
that you have a change of attitude, a change of mind about sin and what you want in your life. To the Lord, listen, to the Lord, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ, the veil is stripped off and taken away. I, I got a hat here. I, I want to illustrate this. It's like having... I, I, I can't see nothing. And, and God has taken it off. If you're saved, if you're saved, hallelujah. But says, now the, the Lord is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is emancipation from bondage and, and, and freedom. Wait a minute. Man, y'all can sit down. Y'all can sit down. I want y'all to hear me. I don't want y'all to be saying, my feet hurt. <laughs> when the veil is taken, there are still layers. You can't define what I got in this. You, there's no clarity in what I have here. Until we allow God to continue the work on us and in us to define and make clear who we are in Christ Jesus, though the darkness is removed, there are still layers that prevent us from seeing who we are in Christ and, and from others seeing who we are in Christ. <laughs> See, I, I don't know how many layers you got, but I know you got layers. I don't know how many layers I got, but I know I got layers. And, and, and watch this verse. For all of us, as with unveiled faces, because, watch this, we continue to be whole, and it should be that we continue, even now, we continue to to, to behold, behold means not just look. It means that we are running after. We are grasping. There's an intense on purpose looking. There, there is a partaking of what we see. There is from faith to the next level of faith. Notice I'm not talking about doing. Because you can be doing without faith. The Pharisees, they did a lot, but they didn't have faith, so they was never becoming. What the scripture is saying here is that we are, we have accountability and responsibility in our maturing in Christ Jesus. And us becoming what God has called us to be, our dependency, our reliance, our surrender has to be on him. The more you and I surrender, the more he takes off one layer at a time. Notice. Been set free of this, but still in bondage to that. Still have not arrived yet. Uh, may I share with you 
as long as we on this side, we will never fully arrive. We are always moving to the next level of glory. If Christ is infinite, if God is infinite, which means you never come to an end of being more like him. Why? Because there's no end to him. There's always, always a next level of glory that we haven't seen yet. Why? Because it's about becoming more like him, which means then that my definition of me is not complete. Who you think you are is not complete. You know, one of the problems we run into in this process of transformation, sometimes God requires us to die to something we want to hold on to. Oh, shut your mouth. One of the hardest things is that God has to crack us from us because we think our sin is cute. We think our attitude is something. See, if we wasn't benefiting in some way from what God says is wrong, we wouldn't do it. But our ego, our pride, our sense of being whatever, and, and, and we think it's us, and God's saying, that's not how I created you. I'm trying to remove the attachment of you and that, because that's getting in the way of you becoming what I created you to be. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It hurts. When God tears a layer off of you and me. You know why? Because it has become a part of our personality. Of our thinking. Of our opinion. It hurts to let the wall down and let God in. This is my protection. This is my signature. It was funny. This weekend... I did a funeral service of, of, of a friend that I've been knowing since kindergarten. If anybody knew all the stuff I was into, it was Mike. Mike did not quite as much, but he was close to doing everything I did. Okay, he would compete with me, but, but he knew me, I knew him, and so, so it's funny as they were showing the pictures it was only two pictures of, with me in it. One of them was me and his little brother when we was about five, six, seven. And the other one was at his wedding. And Sandy said, his sister said, Tracy, all the other pictures I had with you on Michael, now that you're a preacher, it wasn't appropriate for me to show. <laughs> she said, I kept on going through the pictures. Can't show that one. Can't show that one. Can't show that one. Can't show that one. And so I texted her. I said, Sandy, send me, the <coughs> <coughs> send me those pictures. She wrote in big letters, are you sure? <laughs> I want to see them. 
I remember one of them. I don't remember the rest of them. But what, she, but what the evidence was that God stripped me. I say this and a lot of people don't understand this. God didn't catch me in church. God came and snatched me in my bedroom. For me, it took three and a half years of just me and God to begin stripping me of me before he even sent me to church. Your experience may not be my experience, but it's the same process. As Christians, we are responsible and accountable for beholding, looking to Christ, leaning on Christ, depending on Christ, learning more about Christ in his word, and watch this, and being obedient to his word so that we can walk to the next level of faith. Did you know obedience takes faith? To take the very next step and, and, and to be obedient and what I may not want to be obedient in is faith. But, but when you take that step, what God will do will give you more faith for the next step. He'll, he'll show you more of himself. See, we got to get beyond religion and get into relationships. Where he becomes more real than the benches we sitting on, more real than my family. Sometimes you got to choose not to do what your friends do, not to do what your family do, because God will call you apart from them because they refuse to change. We got folks in the church who haven't had a deeper revelation of God in, a, in years because they stuck on where they are, they have refused to move, and God see it as an attitude. Let me explain. If you go through Psalms 78, and you can read that whole Psalms, read it through uh, the Living Bible, read it out of the Amplified Bible, read it from different verses so you can get an understanding. And it details what happened with the children of Israel, of what God did, how he did it, why he did it. He, he, he was patient with them. That what you have heard and known, our fathers have told us. He was, and listen to what he said. He said, did you know that our faith is passed down to the next generation from the first generation? You know why the young people out there are doing what they're doing? Because the faith wasn't passed down. We talk about them, but when you talk to them, they have no concept of God. Some of us talk about our kids, but our kids have a disconnect from God because though we brought them to church and we, and we talked church, they saw us at home and, and we acted different than what they learned in church. 
So they're saying to themselves, as this is what it is. I don't want it because you talk one way at church and you act another way at home. Why should I want what you talking about when you don't live it yourself? One thing about these young people, they want what's real. And as soon as they find out that there's a disconnect between what we're talking and how we live it, they're saying, I don't want none of that. Matter of fact, I don't want none of that. My brother and sister, God has given us the ability, the power to influence not just the whole next generation. As we are becoming, I was, I was getting ready to leave, and one of my friends, he stood at my car and he was crying. He was crying. He said, Tracy, he had a better memory than me. He said, 40 years ago, you told me what God did when he opened up the, the door between, between the demonic world and told you to choose. He said, Tracy, that's what he said. He said, he said, for 40 years, you have not turned back. You know what he was saying to me? I've been watching you. I wanted to see if what you told me then, would you maintain it now? Can, can, I, can I tell us in the room, somebody's watching you. <laughs> they see you go to church, they hear what you got to say. Matter of fact, your children are watching you. Your grandchildren are watching you. And, and, if, and, if, and if there's not a consistent peeling off of the all so that they can see the definition of who God has called you to be, why should they want what you don't have? Oh, did you hear that? Because if you have it, 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 it show up. If you have it, it's going to be in Galatians chapter 5, 22. It's going to be in the fruit of... Listen, I don't care how gifted you are if you don't show the fruit. The devil can manufacture gifts. The devil can do miracles. The devil can preach. The devil can teach. But what he can't do is manufacture the character of Christ in his people. That's the, 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 the Galatians show love, peace, joy, long-suffering, meekness, comfort, self-control. You know, that is Christ in us. That's Christ being manifest through us. That is when we have said, yes, Lord, and the Holy Spirit in us is being brought forth as a light. You may not know this, but you are called to be a Christ bearer. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a Christ bearer. 
Now, now I got a question, and, and, and don't answer out loud. Do people see Christ in you? Is there a disconnect between our character and what our mouth says? You know, you know why would our kids want to come to church if they hear us at the dinner table talk about everybody in the church? Why is it, how is it that, that, that they saying and thinking, you're wrong, mom, you're wrong, dad, and we tell them to stay in the child's place? God sometimes is trying to get our attention through our children. Because they know what's right. They know what's wrong. And, 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 we, and we put it as though I'm adult. I know what I'm doing. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh, man. <laughs> listen, listen. We all should be becoming. There should be another level that you are shooting for, that you are growing to. And when, when we think about how much he loves us. When we think about the price he paid to save us, and, and, and we're going to approach this casually? You know what? In some ways, I'm thankful I don't have church memories. I don't know what happened. I, I got blockage from, my, from 13 down. I went to First Baptist King Heights. I have no memories. They said I went to Sunday school. Uh, I see some of the faces that look slightly familiar. I have no memories. I have one memory of when I stood up to get baptized. Got one memory of my dad used to be the piano player. Him singing, I don't even know what song it was. Him on the piano. But after that, I have no memories. Maybe God stripped me of memories so that I don't have church religion as an example, but God had to get me by myself that I have a relationship, and that's what I know. Because some of the things that we hold on to, we shouldn't be holding on to. Some of the things we think is godly has nothing to do with God. Some of the things that, that we think make us righteous is from the devil. See, unless Christ is the center point and the focus point and the strength, and if it's not glorifying him, you need to let go of it because unless you're walking with him, what you got is just nothing. And when you walk with him, he won't let you stay the same. He loves us too much. You know what? That's what he says in John 14. He said, if you love me, obey me. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
not do for me and offer it up to me. Walk with me in obedience. When, when, when the Holy Spirit grieves you, quit. When I tell you not to say that, don't say it. When you know you're wrong, ask me to help you when you're wrong. You know what? It's not which sin. It's that all sin is against his character. It doesn't look like him. Heard a guy, writer, he struggled with homosexuality. And he said this, and he was on point. This is what he said. He says, it's not just homosexuality that is off the line, but heterosexual, where you having sex. He said, both of them are off the point. Both of them don't show the nature of God. So how can you talk about me without dealing with you? Oh, shut your mouth. <laughs> How we miss what it's really all about. Definition comes as he continues. See, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Jesus is the light, and what he's trying to do is shine his light through. The problem with the layers the light can't get through. There's, there's, there's stuff in the way. Listen, his light is always on. But the reason why he can't get through because we cover it up with us. Then watch this. One of these layers is religion. Where we're trying to act like Christ instead of Christ being Christ through us, and we want him to pat us on the back for what we're producing. Because you can't produce who he is unless it's him doing it through you. Go back to beholding. He said, he said this beholding is a constant, continuous attitude. Listen, we become what we're looking at. Whatever you're looking at. I've counseled people, and they say, I will not forgive my father for what he's done to me. And I'm looking at them, and I'm saying, well, my God, you just like him? And the reason why they just like him is that they are looking at him. And until you forgive you become just like them. Why? Because God made us where whatever we're looking at, whatever we're paying attention to, whatever is the vision of our mind, we become just, can't stand my mom. You don't know what my mom did to me. But the more you hold on to what she did, the more like her you become. 
Can I ask us? I'm asking, what are we looking at? Who are we allowing to, to dictate what we are becoming because we won't let go, we won't forgive, and we're holding on to something that is killing us. And Christ in us is trying to shine through us, but he can't because we won't allow him to declare us. God said to me, he said, Tracy, what I have put you through was necessary. Because in order for me to take you where I want to take you, I had to strip you of you. Because if I didn't, on the next level, Satan would have destroyed you. Some of us is being destroyed by the devil and we don't even know it. <laughs> Go back to uh, 2 Corinthians and, and what he says here, he says, he says, the spirit of the Lord, listen, there is, listen, this is being set free. Did a healing session with a young man, and, and, and we went through the process of saying all the things that happened to him by a person, and then, and then, then, then we, 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 we allowed him to go back to the little boy and love that little boy that was hurt. Then we prayed as we gave it to God. He sat there, and he said, the weight is gone. Hey. Hallelujah. He said, something lifted up off of me. In scripture, when, when, when he says, I can't forgive you or, or unless you forgive, you can't be forgiven, he's not talking about salvation. Let me prove that. See, because without salvation, you can't forgive anyway. <laughs> so to even to have the ability to forgive the hurt someone did to you, you've got to be saved because that's not human. That's supernatural. Okay, so let's get that out the way because we don't have the ability to do that because our heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? So unless I got a born-again heart, I do not have the ability to forgive. And God will not ask you to do something that you don't have the ability to do. So he's saying that for those of you that are saved but holding on to unforgiveness, I can't take what is in your hands if you don't give it to me. Your hands is full. I want to heal you. I want to deliver you. I want to take that burden off of you. I want to set you free. But you are holding on to something that somebody did and you are allowing them to be bigger than me and until you're willing to let go of it, you won't let me. And you can be a Christian for years and still carry that bondage of something that happened 50, 60, 70, if you live long enough, 80. He says that, that we are emancipated 
from the bondage, true freedom from the devil. All this is mess that the devil put on us. The weight of it. Some of us is so messed up in our thinking, so insecure, so, so full of fear. The peace of God can slap you and you wouldn't know it. You know what I realized? Until you taste it, you don't know it's real. But once you start tasting it, you can't what? Can't help but want more. He said, taste and see. He said, he said, you got to chew it. You got to swallow it. You got to step in it by faith. But once you taste and see, that's personal. That's experience. That's God having his way. That's God showing up in a personal way. He said, taste and see. He said, when you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me when you seek me with no other agenda than to find me. I will show up and you will taste and see that the Lord is good. Better than anything else. Better than anything else. Listen, listen. The more the layers come off, the more we begin to take definition. Now let me shine the light. Let me move my hand. You're starting to see something. Let me ask you. Are they starting to see something in you? Have God taken up enough layers that there's something shining in you and people want to know what it is? Is, is there power and influence because, because of what's shining through you? He said, he said, he said, he said, he said, he said, next verse as I wrap this up. He says, that, that we go from one level of glory to the next level of glory. And, and we really do this by faith. Glory means that it's God in you beginning to show up on the outside of you. You know what? When God begins to shine through you, you don't even know what's God doing it. He says that, that we come to him, the spirit of the Lord, with unveiled faces, continually looking as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Now, in that time, mirror can be translated glass, but the glass back then wasn't the glass that we have now. They had not perfected the art of making glass. So it was opaque, it wasn't completely transparent. So, so what you would do is you keep looking. I remember I, I had this TV as a kid and the air was broke. So I used a clothes hanger 
to try to get the station. Is there anybody else know what I'm talking about? I, I know the young people, you just told how old you are. <laughs> young people don't know what in the world I'm talking about. Ask your mama, or maybe your grandmama, or maybe your great-grandmama, because I'm getting that old. <laughs> but, but, you know, and there was a show, and it'd be this white snow, but you could barely see the images. You know what's so funny, though? The more you look, the clearer it became in your eyes. <laughs> you know what he's saying? If you keep on looking, if you keep on seeking, if you keep on reading, not just for information, but beyond information, he said, and, and the more you will see, and watch this, and the more you become, what you see. It's not you seeing you. It's us seeing him. Adam and Eve in the garden in in Genesis chapter 2, they were so caught up in the glory of God that they didn't even recognize they were naked. They was not self-conscious. They were God-conscious. You know where God trying to get us? That we quit being so self-conscious. That we take our eyes off, off ourselves. And we put our eyes on him. You know, you know when, you, when, you, when, when, when we get more God conscious, we don't care what people think no more. When, when we become God conscious, we're not worried about what people are talking about us. Some of us are so concerned about everybody else that we done lost ourselves. There's kids that are committing suicide because they don't have enough likes. People that they don't even know. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But maybe they got that from the prior generation. It just has now multiplied. And with each generation, it gets worse. You know what being a Christ bearer looks like? Now watch this. I don't know what y'all see. Because I'm on the end, this end of it. Hold on, let's get even more. Now watch this. I don't see that. You know why I don't see it? Because I'm on this end of it. I have no clue what y'all see. When Christ is shining and reflecting through us, you don't have a clue. You just keep yourself on him. 
Because it doesn't matter what you see. What matters is what I see. So I need to see Christ and let you see what you see because it's him doing it anyway. And you really want to know who you are. Your image, your identity is this. That as he shines through you, they don't see you, they see him. They see the reflection, they see the glory, they see the light. You become a Christ bearer, which means that you begin to show for his light from one level of glory to the next level of glory to the next level of glory. My question is, how much of Christ do people see in you? Notice, by itself it has no light. It takes another source to give it light. And what I've got to do is go in my office Unless somebody put the flashlight on it so I can see what y'all see. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I don't care how religious you are. I don't care how long you've been a member of whatever church. If this is not the reality in our lives, then we're off track. If it's not an inward glory shining out, and, and, and the more we get to know him, the more we want to get to know him, the more we experience him, the more we want to experience I mean, I mean, you begin to fall in love with Jesus deeper, 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 and deeper because you have tasted and seen how good he is. Then the truth of the matter is something's wrong. Well, I've been a member there for 98 years. So what? Do you know Jesus? Do you know him? Are you walking with him? Are you talking? Are you saved? My question, every time I heard somebody die, were they saved? Because not only is heaven real, but hell is real. Listen, not were they a member of a church, were they saved? Did they know him? Was there evidence that they walked with him? Because the next destination is forever. And if I know that they know him, though I'm going to miss him, I know I'm going to see him again. Therefore, though I may cry, it's not goodbye. It's I'll see you later. And watch this. They made it. They're free. What they got is so far beyond what we got. Yes. My question is, do you know him? 
Notice why I didn't ask. Are you a member of a church? <laughs> Notice what I didn't ask. Do you do good works? My question is, do you know him for yourself? Then the next question is, are you allowing him to take off the mess? So that we may shine more brightly for him. For those that are listening, the 400 number, 5131, if you haven't accepted him, if you just need prayer, if you want someone to to lead you into a, a real relationship with Jesus, they will call you back. Matter of fact, you can do it now. It's by confessing with your mouth that the Lord Jesus Christ was the Son of God, God in the flesh, and that he died for your sins because he loves you. And he got up, conquering sin, conquering death, conquering the devil, and you asked him to come into your life so that you may be covered by his life, by his blood. Hallelujah. Say, Jesus, I give my life to you. Lord, save me. Lord, walk with me. Lord, be my everything. And he will walk with you and talk with you, and he will show you every step.